Hello! And welcome back to We Don't Wanna. Today's going to work a little different as we're sharing with you a very special episode, which is a conversation that was had between Sam and Emily of Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast and yours truly. Sam and Emily were kind enough to invite me over to their show to discuss what we thought might have happened to good old Mr. Voldemort himself after his failed attempt on young Harry Potter's life in Godric's Hollow. It's a blast. It's a great conversation. We have some laughs, and we kind of get in deep on the nitty-gritty on what could have, might have, and probably did happen, at least in our own heads. So without further ado, here's the episode. Oh, hey, and before I forget, if you haven't already checked out Harry Potter and the Half-Drunk Podcast, what in the hell are you doing? Go do that now. Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. 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 And the Half-Drunk Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Emily. And this week, we are diving back in with Zach from the podcast We Don't Wanna, which we kind of told you all about last week, but now it's this week, and he's here, and we're super excited. So, Zach, welcome to the pod. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Very excited to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a welcome back because our listeners have heard you before. Mm-hmm. But right, right. now, you know, it's a little different because we're recording on our feed this time and super excited. I know I said in our last episode that I have become a fan of your all's podcast. So, oh, that's so um, awesome. Super. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for this discussion with you. And eventually, hopefully, we can bring Scott on as well to have more of a deep dive after he's finished with the series. But um, yeah, Scott and I were talking about how um, he is slightly jealous and upset that he doesn't get to come hang out with us to do this because obviously everything is probably going to be spoilers and spoiler territory uh, at the very least. So um, yeah, it'll it'll probably, I I really want him to come on just so we can talk about everything with him. (laughs) We're going to have to regroup on the Snape conversation. Oh my God. I know. I know. I know. I get, (laughs) I get texts. So my mom is a uh, big time Harry Potter fan also. And she is a very um, eccentric woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, she's awesome. She's, she's a sweetheart. I love her to death. And she texts me constantly just talking about, how frustrating Scott is with how much he loves Snape and <laughs> uh, and how much he hates Harry. And it's it's so funny. So yeah, I can't wait to kind of get to, I guess, revisit that stuff once he sees everything. Yeah, has a full picture of everything. But why don't you tell us a little bit, you know, I'm sure our listeners know if they're caught up uh, about your podcast and then a little bit more about your Harry Potter background. Actually, first... As we always do when we have a guest on, we'll get into our drink of the week, which was... Yeah, we'll do the drink first. Let's do that. So Zach this week picked a bourbon cocktail, and we are so glad he did. And he chose the highball cocktail. And we were kind of thinking, like, have we had this? And we actually never have on the podcast. And it is delicious. It's so So, good. Racking my brain, trying to remember. 
but it's literally like a bourbon and ginger ale sort of. Yeah, yeah it's super so simple. Um, two ounces of bourbon, an ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of simple syrup, four ounces of ginger ale. And the recipe is literally, you add these ingredients to a glass over ice, stir, and enjoy. And I just eyeballed everything and it is so good. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you recommended this. It's such I a good know. refreshing, like summertime drink. It's so crisp yeah. and uh, doesn't make you feel gross when you're out drinking in the heat. <laughs> it's yeah. <really> nice. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like some college days when I'd go out and I wasn't like fully onto the just bourbon meat uh-huh. or on the rocks and I would just do like whiskey ginger. Uh, so it takes me back a little bit. Not that it takes me back that much because I still party like I'm in college. But, uh. <laughs> I was about are to you say. Do you guys drink like bourbon neat? Are you guys like bourbon people? Um, yeah, I drink bourbon neat or on the rocks, just depending on what it is usually now. So um, awesome. But yeah, I've kind of, <laughs> in college, I did like it a lot. And I think it was mostly because I was like, I'm from Kentucky. So I would just order bourbon. <laughs> mm-hmm. to, like, I'm the bourbon point. girl now in Yeah. So that's what I would do. But then I kind of just didn't. And I just was more of a wine person, pretty much. That's what I would drink and order at bars. Um, But now I'm back into it. The podcast has kind of given me a second wind on bourbon, especially with all the cocktails we try. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a huge fan. I definitely like, uh, (laughs) I drink a lot of bourbon. Uh, That's my, that's my drink of choice. And I always feel like shit because people will come over and I'll have, you know, friends or family over. And and, no mixers. Yeah, no, I don't have like, <laughs> I don't have shit. Like I don't have tequila. I don't have vodka. I don't have any other alcohol, no mixers. Mm. And I just have a cabinet filled with bottles of whiskey and scotch. <laughs> basically. I mean, whiskey mm-hmm. and scotch mostly. And I feel like a dick. And I'm so glad that you guys, when I, I asked mean, Emily earlier. What can you uh, do? Yeah, no, you're right. So whatever, they're in my place. It's, they can it's drink your house, alcohol. right? They can. <laughs> they don't want your alcohol, adapt or bring the BYOB. Yeah, right, they can just exactly. bring their own. <laughs> uh, but no, that's one thing that the podcast has really uh, gifted Emily and I with. It's fully stocked with bar carts at all times now because Sweet. of all the different drinks. But yeah, I'm definitely more on the rock scale. But I do enjoy like if I'm out at a bar or whatever, I'll get you know gotta dilute it a little bit. Sure. Um, keep the pace going for a while longer than just sitting on my couch and having a pour but I was a little embarrassed when I was like thinking about it more because you think of a highball glass and I was like wait was this what came first the glass or the cocktail and which was right. named after what and right. I was just like <laughs> it was probably the cocktail and then you poured it in a highball glass and they named it that because of the cocktail and I was like oh how would I probably I don't know <laughs> I don't, Anyways. I don't look into that stuff uh, as much. I just know I like it and it, yeah. and it tastes awesome. Well, as I am sitting here at Hufflepuff with two Ravenclaws, I expect more answers out of you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm uh, going to say the cocktail probably came first and the glass was something that they paired with it to make it fancier and elevate it a bit because I Wasn't feel like I... essentially it's so simple it's really not that fancy of a cocktail yeah so if they have its own glass it really elevates it that much more even though I don't think any of us are actually drinking out of a highball glass right now 
No, yeah, I, don't, no. I don't think this is. <laughs> I have a. I actually have a sweet uh, collector's Star Wars Rise of Skywalker glass. I don't wow, know if how cool is that? Pretty That's rad. Awesome. I wish we you guys have could some see cool this. glasses going on right now. There you go. Mine has stars on it. Oh, love it. It blends in with my background. It's your background. It's yeah. okay. There we go. You I'm are drinking holding. Hogwarts. I'm drinking Hogwarts right now. <laughs> it could be pumpkin juice. We don't know. But that's almost funny because isn't that a, wasn't that a Ravenclaw and I just gave away your house sex. I'm sorry. You're it's okay. Wasn't that a question like the Phoenix or the flame, which came first? I feel like you guys could get into a whole oh, yeah. philosophical <laughs> debate right now. Probably. But, we won't do that because that's not what we're talking about this episode. So let's get into, Zach, um, more about your Harry Potter background, favorite books, characters, movies, if you have a favorite movie, just your stats in general, and then maybe like talk about what inspired you to go the podcast route with your all's sort of concept. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And so, before you go, I sure. just want to thank you for, as Sam said, we became huge fans of yours and Scott's while we were on our road trip together because we were like we just need to keep listening and we were both rolling I mean we would look (laughs) at each other and be like just dying and probably shouldn't be listening while we're actually driving through Tennessee where it's very windy um but it was so funny and I just wanted to thank you for that I'm I'm so excited that you guys seem to genuinely you know you could just be blowing smoke but now I, I no, don't we trust like you. those kind of people. <laughs> we're your all's friends now because we yeah. listen to you. You listen to, like we all yeah. we all have the same conversations now. But we when Scott and I started doing we don't wanna. Um it started off with with the one piece uh show. Well, that's what we started recording. We started releasing simultaneously, but we started recording like six or seven months before we even ever released an episode, and we were so afraid that. I mean, you guys have listened to the show. I'm, some of your listeners have listened to the show. I feel like the episode that we did together, Scott and I were very tame, uh, but <laughs> but we get a little a little off the wall, and it is sometimes just a little a little much. Uh, even for myself, I'm listening to it. and I'm like, yikes, man! Why are we making these jokes? Uh, but yeah, no. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys enjoy it. Uh, a ton of people have been reaching out that they're enjoying it too. So it gives me a little bit of. Uh, validity and it feels good it's nice it's it's a ton of fun yeah I mean and to that I would say you know it's your content it's what you put out yeah. there yeah you know you're always going to have people who may disagree or think that something's inappropriate and you shouldn't be saying it but at the same time it's yeah. like okay then don't listen well, don't listen know? to the show you know I yeah. think too like <laughs> you know I went back and was listening from Sorcerer's Stone I haven't listened to the anime yet because my husband wants me to absorb that properly first before I oh okay started. wait is your hold on I you told me last time I feel like but your is your husband a one piece fan yeah huge anime Hell guy yeah. huge Hell anime yeah. guy but we were listening and it was one of your first Harry Potter episodes and Scott went on a tangent and a, a joke didn't land and it's just your voiceover like I'm not gonna lie to you this went on for like 20 more minutes the joke <laughs> didn't land we're gonna skip it yeah. and I was just like I, I love this. It feels just so authentic. And I think, you know, there's something really special about doing a podcast with one of your close friends because you really do then start to develop a friendship, at least in your head, with these yes. two people and you're just sucked into their conversation. And yeah, I mean, there's always going to be times when you go back and listen to yourself and cringe. Like, I can't <laughs> stand the sound of my own voice sure. ever. So <laughs> yeah, I just think, like Sam said, it's your content and 
I think you guys have a great thing. I think. Well, I I super appreciate that. It it makes it easy because this isn't a sound you know super cliche, but like we we would do this regardless. You know, like like Scott and I's friendship is built on discussing our favorite mediums, which you know, books, film, video games, anime, you name it. Like I, we have almost nothing in common in our personal lives, mm-hmm. like our, where, where we're from, how we grew up, um, anything like that. I mean, we're two polar opposite people, but all of our interests in terms of, you know, uh, the types of art that we like, uh, again, like I said, books, film, you know, uh, video games and everything like that, it's all on the same page. So we just decided like, dude, we, we seriously fucking talk for hours every week about all of this shit anyway. Why are we not just recording it? It's so natural and so easy for us. So, and we're also both dipshits. So like it, it works really well. So. <laughs> so let's go into your Harry Potter stats a bit. Um, cool. So yes. I know you're in Ravenclaw, but when and how did you get into Harry Potter and why did you stick around to Harry Potter? So I was in fifth grade so math however you know whenever that was my my mom said well actually I had some friends who had started reading Harry Potter within their family and I told my mom I wanted to read it and this was around the time that the first movie was going to come out this was maybe like a year before there had already been trailers and I was like hey I want to read these books so my mom and I read them together that's how my mom got into it and I think at that point See, that would have been about 2001, right? The first movie came out in 2001, right? Yes. Around that time. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been right about 2001. And so I want to say that the first four books had already been out. Maybe it was the first three. I can't can't really remember Mm -hmm. exactly. But either way, I I was able to read through the first several books. And then it just turned into like, I I could not fathom the idea of waiting an entire year or more. (laughs) uh, for a freaking book. And it just stuck. You know, I, I feel like this is the cliche with any Harry Potter fan, especially in our like general age group. I literally grew up, you know, year by year, you know, Mm -hmm. aging up with, with our favorite characters or some of our not favorite characters, (laughs) uh, Emily. (laughs) And, uh, I think when I was younger, I think it was just a really nice escape. Not to say that I, you know, grew up in the, in a space that I needed to get away from, but it was just so different. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was yeah. a kid that I, you know, I played sports growing up. I hadn't really discovered my like more artistic side, more like fantasy driven side. And it was just such a unique experience uh, for not having ever had anything like that before. And I latched onto it. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. Harry Potter was my gateway drug to every <laughs> I mean, every major fantasy that that people are talking about or into and discuss that 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 was my yeah. first, you know. Same, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. And, and I quickly shoved all the fantasy I possibly could down Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I knew, well, okay, I'll give myself a little credit here. I did love to read after Harry Potter and had discovered like Carnivals of Narnia and read all sure. of those books and all of. I don't know, some other fantasy books before I met Emily, but she was the one who introduced me to Star Wars. Yes. Sure. Are you a Star Wars book fan, Emily? I, I am. Hell yeah. Yeah, I ha- I wasn't really. I had read some when I was younger, and then we had Dave come on the podcast, and I got more into it because like my husband has pretty much all of the books already. 
So he was just like, I was just waiting for you to say you wanted to read them. And here they are. Like, pick whatever you want. This is the order I would recommend reading them in, but you can do whatever you want. What, he, what you didn't know is he had you on a timer. He probably and, did. Honestly. And he was like, if she doesn't ask by this certain time, I don't know that this is happening. This, I don't know this is going to work. Yeah. But no, I've I've always really liked, you know, like you said, I, I love the escapism of fantasy. And I think Star Wars was my gateway just because we grew up on it. And then Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and Marvel. I read the comic books a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same. So, yeah. Just all realms. I like to travel through books and <laughs> Heck yeah. film. One of the other like standout things in my uh, relationship with Harry Potter actually kind of connects to my relationship with my wife. I don't think I've told this story on, I can't remember now, honestly, on, on our show, but Amanda and I, <laughs> we started dating very early on in the year that Deathly Hallows was coming out, the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that movie released in July. And yeah. the tickets for that went on sale very early in the year. And I bought two tickets. Uh, and I was like, uh, she had never seen a movie. She'd never read a book. And I was like, look, I'm not like, this isn't like a, like, oh, I'm going to go with another girl type of thing. But I was like, hey, I'll like take a friend or my mom or somebody uh, unless you read the books and watch the movies by the time <laughs> this comes out. Because like, it, you can't do that. And I don't think yeah. she realized how serious <laughs> and dedicated <laughs> to Harry Potter I was until like a month later. And I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not joking. Not kidding. You better like, get started. For like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck sticker. Um, yeah. And she did it. She did it. And she read all the books and watched all the movies. And uh, we were still young uh, kids, but I was like, yeah, this is, this is solidified the deal. This is it. Yeah. Yep. This is love That's right how here. you knew. I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. She still gives me a hard time about it. Scott gives me a hard time that I did that to her. Uh, <laughs> most of our friends that know about it say I'm a dick, but you know. No, I, I think you were <laughs> setting a boundary and it was a healthy one for you. And yeah. it's what you needed and it worked out. And now anytime I start dating a dude and be like, look, if you haven't read or watched Harry Potter, you're going to have to do it by the end of the year or this isn't going to progress anywhere. <laughs> Heck yes. Or actually, you're going to have to do it by the end of the month because I don't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was honestly it. also one thing that had me kind of know my husband was like the one because we stayed up all night the first night that he broke out of the friend zone, so to speak. And we talked about <laughs> my Harry guy. Potter. Good on you. Harry Potter <laughs> and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings all night and then I was like all right we can date now like we're on the same page with all these things we can handle each other it's like the prerequisites you know you you just you got to cross them off the list and then you can move forward got to get it out of the Mm -hmm. way oh wow that was nice that was like a simultaneous sip you guys just like plan that (laughs) we're very in sync you know (laughs) as far as so you said my my house is Ravenclaw I okay so when Pottermore first came out I took the quiz and I was a Ravenclaw And it was like, I knew it. I don't know if because I was younger, I perceived that as what I wanted and made that happen through the, through Mm -hmm. how I went about the quiz. Again, I was, I I honestly can't even remember date ranges, but like, you know, I mean, obviously I was much younger and I just kind of always went along of being like, Hey, I'm a Ravenclaw. Well, I took the quiz a few years ago and I came up as a Gryffindor. And it was, it was a very strange thing 
and I could strangle the both of you for making me be involved in this, but I took that damn Enneagram test <laughs> and I, I should, I really shouldn't say it like that. I, so I've been in like leadership and management with my career over my, my adult life. And we've always utilized like some type of like personality, like management type of system uh, with the company I used to work for. We called it DISC. It's uh, like the four different core personality types. Obviously the Enneagram is much more like drawn out. So I've always like really appreciated this stuff. I do legitimately love it. I had just never taken a real hard look at myself the way that the Enneagram yep. makes you. It opens up a huge can of worms. Yeah, yeah of your definitely flaws. does. <laughs> so I, I started laughing when I, I got the outline for today's episode. And it was like talking about, you know, my Harry Potter background, what my, you know, what my house is. And I, I, was taking notes, making mental notes for myself. And I just started laughing because I just took the Enneagram like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I am my fucking, I'm a, I'm a three, by the way. So <laughs> that just basically um, tells me that I don't know who I am and uh, I'm a poser and I'm fake and I'm, no. I'm, a, I'm full of shit. So <laughs> it, it makes sense. I'm a Raven door or a Griffin claw or whatever the hell. You're a chameleon. You're trying to. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I will say like being like you kind of were mentioning like a professional place, like that brings different qualities out of a person. I think if I sure. were to take it now and like my professional state of mind, I probably would have more leadership and stronger. I don't know. That would make me closer to a Gryffindor too, if I were to retake it. Not just like, sure. yeah, I'm just super happy to be here type of person. <laughs> like, no, I need to get shit done now. So, yeah. you know, yeah, that's that's probably true. That, that's fair. Yeah, no, I'm just a straight edge Ravenclaw type one. So I feel like, I don't know. I did teeter. I will say this, if it makes you feel any better. Last time we took it, we had like a shoot the shit episode where we kind of had nothing to talk about. And I got Slytherin. And that for me was like, what? Like If Scott there... was here, he'd be like, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> I know. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah. <laughs> There's some... <laughs> Traits I... <laughs> there's some traits I definitely identify with but I think you know at the end of the day as Harry says the hat does take into accountability where you want to go so right but I, I feel like I feel like yeah. with the Enneagram and like the houses and, and anything that like helps you acknowledge kind of where your personality is uh, I feel like if you use it correctly you become more well-rounded so yeah. I mean it's yeah, I feel like everybody can find some, to some degree, you know, each house and or each number, you know, in their personality. So yes, if, if they're self-aware and using it to hopefully become, I guess, mm -hmm. a, the best version of themselves. Well, it's supposed to be a tool, you know, it's not supposed to be like, oh, that person has to be a five and like judge them super harshly. Yeah. Um, and you're really not supposed to like do that, but we, now that you know about the Enneagram, you may find yourself doing it. I know I do it when I'm watching shows or I have like strong personalities that I'm dealing with. Oof, that's an eight. You know, yeah. like you just, you're not supposed to, but it happens. It's I'm, I'm such yeah. a self-absorbed piece of shit that like, I, I haven't done that yet. I just like focus on myself. Um, and it's, I don't know if it's healthy or not, but, <laughs> but it is what it is. It's fine. We're all, you know, we're all yeah. in our different stages of health we're and growing. self awareness. Okay. Yeah. We're all growing together. But so you still identify as a Ravenclaw, but with strong Gryffindor tendencies or? Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, 
if I got to pick because my image is important to me, it'd be a 50-50 split. <laughs> uh, that was such a three statement though, yeah. right there. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I, he knows, he knows it. <laughs> I'm being self-aware here. Uh, it would be a 50-50 split. Uh, if, if I'm being truly honest with myself and honest with, with our listeners, I, I think outwardly, I, I definitely project more Gryffindor for sure. Okay. Um, but so I, a, a I just Gryffindor sun and a Ravenclaw <laughs> moon. There you go. Yep. That's that's cute. Is that actual terminology? What is that? No, that's a reference to astrology. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. I didn't when's know. When's your you birthday? This no. When's your birthday? Now we can. Uh, it was last week, actually, July third. Oh, so he has cancer. cancer. Yeah. Oh, the plot thickens. Oh my God! What is <laughs> I this? I know mean? nothing about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, move on. we'll move on we'll move on okay uh i can't remember the other questions you guys wanted me to answer but about actually my... cancers are water signs and if water is associated with, with slytherin, slytherin as i learned from your show by the way yeah oh that anyways i don't know i like I, yours. My, I am a dick like <laughs> i feel like you know i don't know no scott's definitely more of a slytherin. people actually I somehow make people like me, even though I'm legitimately a, a fucker, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, a, it's the chameleon shell that you put on and present to them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. But, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump into the actual content. Cause I feel like we could just kind of sit here and talk about everything for the rest of the podcast, but our listeners have asked us to continue the conversation we started on We Don't Wanna, which was essentially what actually happens to Voldemort after he killed or tried to kill, not killed, tried to kill baby Harry and then gets obliterated, basically. Kill what happens James to his wand? Yeah. What? Who picks up his wand? Does he take his wand? Um, so actually, this is like quite the splitting of the hairs in the fandom, if you will. There, there's a lot of arguments about it. J.K. Rowling said, you know, just in passing that Wormtail went back to Godric's Hollow and took the wand in order to eventually earn points with Voldemort. But then people fire back with, well, how did he do that if he was in his anime guy form the entire time as a rat? Like, what did he do with the wand? Um, frustrates me so much. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, how did he get to the house so quickly before assumedly Dumbledore showed up assumedly well we know that Sirius was there we know Severus was there Hagrid. we know Hagrid was there all these people were there we yeah. know the ministry came at some point and how did he show up and get that so quickly when he knew he was gonna have to run from Sirius so all of these I, I guess okay so first off if I remember correctly or if I took my notes correctly I should say it was your listener Erica Yes, who talked Erica. about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Erica, uh, you're awesome because this this type of conversation is literally, I mean, it's my favorite thing in any fantasy lore. Like talking about the stuff that happens in the margins of the book, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, stuff mm-hmm. that is very briefly mentioned, but it makes you want to know more. Yeah, a great example is like in Game of Thrones, they talk about the gray waste, the land of the gray waste. And you're like, what the hell is that? You know, I just mm-hmm. want to learn about that. It sounds so cool mm-hmm. and ominous, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, so it's my favorite type of thing. And it's something I never really had given a whole lot of thought to. I, Same, I Not at all. I feel like I s- sometimes have a bad way of just accepting things as they are. And right. I feel like obviously doing the show with Scott has uh, highlighted that 
because we're addressing a series that I read when I was a child and I just accepted mm-hmm. it as it was. Um, so it forces you to take a harder look at it. But as much as I love this kind of stuff, it kind I, of pokes holes. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> love that it doesn't feel intentional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like, mm-hmm. oh shit, I didn't really think about that. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and even rereading as an adult when you are reading for detail, like Emily and I have done in our past deep dive, we still didn't ever talk about this and it didn't stand yeah. out yeah. to us as, you know, kind of a plot hole. Even though JK has addressed it, there's you can still poke holes in her summation. Of I mean, that's a band aid fix, if you ask me. I'm just going to come right out and say, give my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I- I think 100% it is. I mean, her reasoning was that rats are highly intelligent creatures, right? And, you know, obviously (laughs) all the way to Albania, right? When people get back into their human form, they are still wearing their clothes. So I would assume like things in their pockets could still remain. But like, I just think having Wormtail be the end all be all of this to me just isn't really selling it. And I've been one who has stood up for Wormtail in the past, but I don't think that that is the best reasoning she could have given. I think- Yeah, I think it's a little soft. Yeah, well, let's, for sure. let's unpack a little bit more of what we know did happen that night. So we know, you know, like Voldemort showed up to his house, assumedly alone, because we know how conceited he is. We know how big of an ego he has. He knew he was just gonna go kill these fuckers, these Potter fuckers and kill his mortal enemy Harry because the half of the prophecy that he heard made him think that Harry was the only person who could ever defeat him so he had to kill him so he shows up obviously kills James and Lily Lily dies saving Harry we all know this her love saved Harry and then Voldemort's curse ricochets back onto himself and he like his soul leaves his body yes one of my questions is well where did his body go Right. Yeah, it just disappear. Was it still there? Did the ministry take it? Did Dumbledore remove it? We don't know. That's never talked about either. But we assume, you know, his wand was in his hand or laying out of his hand. So like, if his body disappeared, fine, I guess I could kind of like, be like, ooh, magic, I get it. And obviously, it disappears in the movie, even though it's not supposed to. And that's but that's another thing, because he still had a body in the book when he died. And Deathly Hollows, we know yes. that he had a body. He was just like everybody else. So he should have still had a body then when he yeah. died the first time, but not really died, you know? So I, so like all the, obviously this is all like the, the fact stuff and we'll get into our theories obviously in, in a couple of minutes, but I, I have some theories of what could be. I don't necessarily think I even personally subscribe to them, but they're, they are mm-hmm. ways that someone could patch those holes uh, mm-hmm. if they wanted to, but I had never acknowledged it until you guys told me this is what we're going to talk about. And it's just one of, I feel like one of the messier, other than like the whole time Turner thing, probably one of the messier, like yikes holes mm-hmm. uh, in the yeah. series. Cause it, cause it's such a vital one, you know? I mean, right. I think it's one too, that, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily poke holes into until they're older, just because there's so much else going on. Like sure. in the fourth book, when I was first reading, like I was not hyper focused on where they got his wand. I was more oh, yeah. hyper focused on oh shit, has he's back a wand, right? right? So, you know, I think it's like a lot of reading between the lines. I mean, I think I also was probably like in my head, oh, a Death Eater went and got it, but which one? Because when they come back to the graveyard, they all like look like they've seen a ghost. 
Um, right. As soon as they like, heard Voldemort had fallen, they wanted to distance themselves. So the yeah, only explanation that you know we can get is Peter or Barty Crouch, I, which is what which which is what we get. But also, you know, I've read some other theories in preparation for this, and some were saying like, oh, well, Dumbledore probably disposed of Voldemort's body. Like that could be a theory of why. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore didn't go yes. and Dumbledore didn't take Harry himself to Privet Drive. He had to, you know, clean that up a little bit because he didn't want the ministry to have it. Seemingly they'd use it as like some sort of big propaganda. Haha, Voldemort's dead, but Dumbledore knew deep down that Voldemort would probably come back someday. So he didn't ever want there to be a body. But the, I just the... I don't really subscribe to that. I don't buy I don't that know. one. Right. And if so, then Dumbledore would have taken his wand for sure and kept it himself. Yes, 100%. So I don't really get Unless that one. Pettigrew had gotten there before him. Which, in which case, we go back to maybe Voldemort wasn't alone. Maybe he did have like a Death Eater standing by and it could have been Pettigrew. He'd be like, all right, secret keeper, you said this is where they live. You're going to watch me walk through the door. Right. right. I so- think it also could be probable. Sorry, Zach. I, I no, think it good. also it could be probable that perhaps Peter didn't go with Voldemort but he was there because he just kind of right. wanted like, to like, not in the room but like just standing on just the street standing like Tallow, on the street like, because keeping I watch think, or something right I think there was some sort of part of him that was probably like yeah I feel bad maybe it was a very small part probably was but I think he still wanted to see what happened and also I oh think he I think if see... he was there it'd be because Voldemort made him be there yes 100 percent. I, like, I think he might have just gone to watch like see I, what I, happened I, I feel like so through my own thought with with I guess you know addressing this whole thing with you guys I have developed my own headcanon. I do think that it is true to Voldemort's character that he would have somebody with him. Now, necessarily inside the house, I don't know. No. Uh, so. We know that Voldemort's, I mean, biggest fear is death, right? And the whole reason he's even jumping the gun and targeting this, this infant is because he's terrified that this infant will be the death of him. Right. And I, I could see him wanting to make sure that he had uh, you know, I guess backup for lack of a better word, uh, because, because he was going into such an unknown now also his, his own to that point, I wouldn't have chosen Pettigrew as my no. backup. That, okay. Precisely. Yeah. That, that's, so that was a, that was a personal thing but for perhaps, me of perhaps it was Barty Crouch Jr. Cause that's another huge theory in the fandom too, that he was with him and then he just kept it in his possession since that is another Death Eater that we see before he comes back to power. You're talking about his wand specifically? His wand specifically, yeah. That he, like, oh. there, there's a theory that Barty Crouch Jr., kind of what you were saying, Zach, like, went along with him as backup. And honestly, if I had to choose a Death Eater as backup, one as loony and bloodthirsty as him, wouldn't really be a bad choice. I'd choose Bellatrix, but he wouldn't be a bad Dalahov. choice. Dalahov. Dalahov is hardcore, man. <laughs> Yeah, I choose Greyback. Um, oh, Bellatrix, is 100%. he even? He's not even a Death Eater. Greyback's just like he, a he's fucking an dog. Uh, I mean, does he does he live and breathe that shit? Yes, but yeah, uh, he is less. He's the most intimidating in besides Bellatrix, in my opinion. Yeah, but anyway, but there's a theory that Barty Crouch Jr. was there and then picked up the wand and then kept it safe 
and hit so, it on this person when he was in Azkaban and or hit it in his dad's house when he was in Azkaban. I know it's pretty far-fetched, but this is just but what's out to there. To that, I would say I, could, and then get, when, I could get on board like him giving it to Winky or something to keep yeah. safe. But we know that Warmtail is the one who has it and takes it to Voldemort now. Basically. Yeah, that, that would be a much better theory than the Warmtail uh, explanation. But unfortunately, J.K. Rowling has robbed us of that as yeah. she has of many I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, just because as problematic as she is, it still is her child. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, if that's, that's the explanation she gave, that's what it is, unfortunately. We but I go back to the question of how did he do it? Yeah. I'm so curious, Zach, to hear your headcanon and your theories. Well, okay. So some of these are honestly just more questions. So, you know, because through, through research... We, we had, and uh, Sam, you talked about this a minute ago, you know, like how would he have been able to, you know, take a wand all the way to Albania? Uh, and so, M, you, you mentioned, you know, like if you stuck it in your pocket, you transform and then you retransform it, it should still be in your pocket. So that's obviously one thing that I had written down. Um, another one that I, I don't know that I've ever even thought about, and I hadn't seen anything online. I, I like asked this question into, uh, every form of uh, Harry Potter search I could find. Uh, can you transfigure a wand? Is there? I feel is like there? You should be able to. Right. You can I mean, transfigure th- someone into a bone. You should be able to transfigure. Precisely. A wand. Right. right. Y- you would think. Um, so I mean, like, there's there's that too. Mm-hmm. Could it have been transfigured? I mean, obviously, this doesn't necessarily abide by with what Rowling said, but. It could have been as something as simple as being transfigured uh, into something in the home that just stayed there. Although I feel like Dumbledore would have seen that it would be quote unquote known magic, but that could have been the case and left anywhere, you know, uh, anywhere that could have been, you know, a, a good spot to, to keep it. I, I love the idea because the chess player in me loves the idea of Dumbledore, like pulling the strings and hiding the body because he has this kind of grand scheme, but I don't, I don't actually think I feel like Dumbledore appreciates life and death way too much to to use a body like that in, in that yeah. way. Um, and, and I don't think that, that would necessarily be true to his character, but although I do kind of love the play. Yeah, I also don't subscribe to the idea that Voldemort, or that Dumbledore, sorry, took Voldemort's body to like hide it or bury it or whatever. I think maybe potentially Voldemort just like turned into like a more... Um, cerebral being like his body just kind of evaporated I don't know because like we we are not going to get a better explanation because I think 100% Dumbledore was there I think he felt the shift in the like time space continuum by this happening and he just was like automatically in tune or he has his little spies everywhere you know he's like fucking what's his name and Game of Thrones yeah he knows everything all the he time. He totally is, though. Now that I think that's so <laughs> yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. So he, I'm sure, had some sort of portrait at the Potter's house that told him, you know, right. that, oh, shit, like, shit's hit the fan. Or he just felt it in his bones because that's Dumbledore and he knows all. But yeah. I think he was there, like, almost immediately after and then, like, put everything into motion. So I feel like he either saw Voldemort's body there or his wand I just don't think anyone could have beat him there unless they were already there on the scene, which isn't yeah. specifically like 
said, but I think that's what I'm going to have to personally accept for my own headcanon is that Pettigrew was already there, whether just out of curiosity or whether Voldemort was like, hey, you have to be here because one, I don't really trust anybody, especially not you who's friends with them. So I'm going to make right. sure. Because you're a literal actual rat. Yeah. yeah and also, sure. <laughs> also, fuck you. I want to, I want you to watch me murder your friends because you're yeah. a piece of shit. Uh, and I'm going to do that. So yeah. I think That's he could have already been there. And then Peter Grove freaked out because one, he's like, shit, my friends are dead. Also now my boss is like dead. I think, I don't know, but I'm going to take his wand anyways, just in case and have that for myself. And then I'm going to get out of here. I feel like yeah. that's the only thing that could have happened. So I, I think yeah. I think putting ourselves into into Pettigrew's mind, which it's not necessarily so like okay, I, I have to disregard Rowling saying that he did it to be in in Voldemort, like to earn points, basically. Like mm -hmm. that, she says that that's his motive. Correct. Uh, I feel that I feel that Wormtail gets such a hard on when it comes to anybody that's more powerful than than him. And 100%. him wanting to latch onto that. And I feel like that would have been him being like, oh my God, it's this wand. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily because he wants yeah. the power for himself, but just because he's a coward and it's one thing that can attach him it's, to. Yeah, it's just you know like I mean? a, an object that he has that makes him feel more powerful just by obtaining it. But I also do think though, like there could be some truth in what she's saying because we hear in the graveyard when Voldemort's circling his Death Eaters and you're like, you bitches, you knew I took steps to like keep myself alive. You knew I wouldn't be all the way gone. I think it was also out of fear because yeah. if he like hears and believes what Voldemort's saying because he is a Death Eater and he does know the little like, there's no specifically, but he knows that Voldemort's taking steps to right. be like pretty much immortal. Then I think he... To your point, yes, was like, ooh, power stick. I, it's mine now. I'm going to run away as a rat with this and hide, and at least I'll have Voldemort's wand. But also, if indeed he does ever come back one day, this is my ticket in, and this is my, right. like, hey, look at me. I, I think, too, he did return to Voldemort out of fear more than loyalty, as we all know. Mm -hmm. I think he kept the wand as Zack said. We're just figuring this out, guys. I'm really excited the raven claw in me is like <laughs> yes um it's together m <laughs> yeah yeah so we know that he was there that's what we have just decided he was there he took the wand i think as a memento just to be like i have voldemort's wand and knew he was going to be in rat form a to like hide from his friends and then b after the confrontation was serious he kind of had to be he had no choice he hid out in the one place no one would look for him, the Weasley's house, and stayed protected for that long. And then when he heard whisperings, because the Weasleys, it's smart to stay there because Arthur Weasley works for the ministry and you know he's going to hear whisperings and rumblings of things. And he's a known order of the uh, known member of the order. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then he hears these things. He goes and searches in the greatest disguise arguably you could be in because you can travel quickly and move across without being noticed. He finds Voldemort, Trent goes back into his human form and gives him the wand, thinking this is going to be my redemption. I'm going to be his right-hand man, his Bellatrix, if you will, his lieutenant. Mm -hmm. It just didn't end up that way for him. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think there's definitely somewhere in what we're theorizing there is the truth of what happened. There's probably some other things that we like will never be able to know, 
because the only person who would know those answers are JK Rowling and she doesn't really know a fuck ton right now. Um, so (laughs) to say the (laughs) least, but I like, but I like this direction and I like where we're going with it though. I do still kind of wonder, we know that, so that's the wand, right? Like we've kind of decided this is our canon on the wand. Right. As far as like his soul, we know that he just kind of like floated and traveled around and like retreated and then just fucking wound up in Albania. I hold on. Uh, that just unlocked the what's the Jimmy Neutron thing? The, <laughs> the, the brain, brain power blast. bullshit. Brain yeah, brain blast. blast. There you go. We know that this. I mean, I guess, I guess it hasn't been explicitly said, but we have to accept that this soul entity thing that whatever the well, I guess whatever the fuck happens, you know, whenever you know the soul departs from the body, we know that that can communicate because he had to be able to communicate with Coral to yeah. a- allow, you know, him to basically leech off his body. If I'm not mistaken, he mentions trying to communicate with like snakes mm-hmm. uh, when he's in Albania. I think yeah. he possessed snakes a lot. Yeah. He okay. felt them easier to like, yeah. So and, and, yeah, and I guess it may not him. be exclusively communication. Maybe it is more of a possession type of thing. But I guess what I was going to get at is this could have been something as simple as like, Maybe he doesn't need backup, but he wants somebody there just in case, right? And boom, soul leaves body, and he can give an order. I mean, if there's if communication is is an aspect, is something that can be done, mm-hmm. whether it's Pettigrew or whoever the fuck. Yeah. Hey, you need to get my wand. Uh, I'll I be think back. That's a, a great point. So, I think because yeah. he still didn't even really know how this process would work. I think he knew he sure. had created Horcruxes. He had split his soul however many times seven times into these little objects that no one would ever find but he still didn't really know what would happen like what, what happens when died. i if i do actually like die. what happens if someone actually succeeds and i die but not really and i'm in limbo until i can be brought back to life and right so i think that's like such a great point i think he definitely wanted someone there didn't really tell them specifics just said if it goes south and something weird happens, I need grab you to grab my there. wand. Yeah, grab <laughs> yeah. my wand. Here are here is the next steps. We're gonna hide out for a little while until this little shit's old enough to help me come back to life, and then, you know, go from there. But to that point, I do think that's correct. It could be, and to that point, well, there's two points. Pettigrew would be the only person who actually like knew. Voldemort yeah. 100% had an idea what's going to happen and he's coming back like he's not dead. And then also my second point, sorry, which I lost now, but okay. Sorry. Go Hufflepuff. I just had Stop it. No, I'm going to remember it. <laughs> I just had another thing. Perhaps Voldemort brought along Pettigrew because at that point the Potters they thought something was wrong with him, but I don't think they thought he was a death eater. So Maybe he went in first and like, you know, was there. I don't, know, don't we see the memory of what happened? Yeah, I, I don't I don't uh, think yeah. that I don't he think he's there. In, I, I think I do the more we're talking about this, I do absolutely agree with he had to have been there for a couple of reasons. One, I I feel like it's I feel like it lines up with Voldemort's character in him wanting that extra measure. I mean, we've already seen that he's taken a million measures to prevent, you know. Uh, death 
and he's terrified of this idea of this infant child being able to kill him in some way, shape, or form. So I feel like him taking that extra measure would would be true to his character. And either before he enters the house or after, as the the sole thing that he is, uh, him having some type of conversation with mm-hmm. whoever he brought. Uh, we have to assume it's Pettigrew because we know that Pettigrew is the one that got the wand, giving him some type of instructions, which this this does fit the more we're talking about it, this feels like this next theory or this next direction it could go might be more of okay now it's a stretch now it's a band-aid but that could also explain where the body went that could also explain him saying uh, i don't want my body you know like mm-hmm. like I, I, I just i just the body i just ha- find it really hard to think that it would be an order before the fact because i don't think that voldemort would actually I don't think he knew it was going to happen. Right. Exactly. I think he honestly, I don't think it would be before the fact solely for the reason that Voldemort really thinks his shit doesn't stink to the point where he did not think he was going to fail. Yeah. There right. was no outcome where he wouldn't have been on top. So it was definitely yeah. like a, oh, my soul is here, but I'm like not attached to my body. Fucking Wormtail, take my body, take my wand and let's get the fuck out of here. Regroup later. But to your point, and I remembered right. my other point about like waiting until Harry was old enough I don't think he knew exactly how he was going to come back I don't think he had like a a plan I think you know we see that he was basically just surviving for years just figuring out how to survive in his new form living off unicorn blood living living off snakes and whatever else trying he tried to do the sorcerer's stone that didn't work it took a minute for him to really formulate how he was going to come back so I think it just took him that long until Harry was 14 it's so confusing. So I don't know if this is something. So first off, I need to say that Erica one and both of you two uh, <laughs> are fucking awesome because I haven't had critical thinking about filling in these gaps in a hot minute. You know, like there's a shit on our show, which I feel like in most cases is pretty like, oh, just wait, you'll find out, you know, because that is probably my most common phrase on that goddamn podcast <laughs> it's so good dude it's so hard I man that, i think it's, that's your most common it's so yeah, good dude, dude it's so fucking good dude <laughs> um, you have such patience i couldn't i'd be it like is, <laughs> it is unbelievably just i mean when, when i finish recording i leave the room and amanda's like so how was it and i'm like I just wanted to tell him this and this and this. And then he asked, you know, and I just have to like unload because I don't get to actually talk about any of it. It's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I have no fucking clue what I was going to say now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Look at you with your Hufflepuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think, so we figured out more or less the wand, obviously Pettigrew was there, took the wand. So I really think the next big question since we also know he was just kind of biding his time in Albania and found opportunities to latch on to things and then found Quarrel and was like, okay, this might work. The sucker. And it di- He's then it didn't work. Right. And then it didn't work. And then he just waited again. So now we just need to think about like what happened to the body, which we've touched on, but I don't uh, think we've really come up with our theory of what happened yet. So... I think Zach was saying maybe that Voldemort communicated when his soul left his body. Yeah, I mean, that's an easy explanation. And it would go hand in hand with with giving an order to retrieve the wand. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we, you know, do we feel like that's too easy? I don't know. I mean, we can talk about that. But I think that very well could be. 
And mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like there's probably I think it fits out in there. more than like it just staying there forever. Well, yeah, or definitely. It's just staying there forever. It. Also, it just like dissolving. I don't really buy yeah. that. Also, no. the Dumbledore thing, again, it, like you said, it's, it's not in his character. He respects death, I think, way too much to do something like that. Right. What I think might have happened, because while Pettigrew was obviously not this, like, great wizard, like, super powerful wizard that I would think, he is good at transfiguration. He did, you know, succeed in making himself an animagus. So maybe he transfigured his body into like a bone or something so that i mean i, I would subscribe to like that. like apparating with his body rather than yeah because like Pettigrew. see the thing is is like Pettigrew training to be an animagus and doing transfiguration i, th- I think are two different things and i think that and they said I think that he, he never sucked. would have become an animagus <laughs> if they didn't help him the entire time like, exactly like, I, I don't know I, you know I, my I, thoughts I, on that though i think that he wasn't as weak as everyone makes. I don't think he's like super powerful, but I don't think he's as weak as everyone makes him out to be. I think he's the greatest at hiding in the shadows and underplaying himself. That's true. But I also feel like he will take the easy way out every single time. And the easiest way would be to just grab and apparate. Yeah. Obviously there has to be some type of skill to apparate and perform side along apparition. Especially but I feel like that's body. something that's, just requires like a little bit of persistence rather than like being technically advanced with magic like transfiguration mm-hmm. but uh, he would still have had to have done something with the body if he operated away with it you know yeah you could just yeah. leave someone would sure. have come across this dead body whether it be yeah, a muggle <laughs> yeah. whether it be a muggle who's just like there's a random dead person like i need to report this like this is a mm-hmm. problem i mean he could have put it in the ocean i don't know (laughs) i don't know i I mean i there's not a right or wrong answer but yeah obviously so i i remember what i was gonna say and it was actually a question because i am curious i i have i have no idea how to wrap my head around this um and i'm curious as to what you guys think so voldemort blows his body up Oh, by the way, that's the other theory is that his body just got disintegrated. Not like right. Yeah. Like I mean, we, said, we know that half isn't, of this isn't room a thing. blew up. Yeah. Like, I mean, could I he have the not been only blown way Oh, that. that it got blown up. Hmm. Oh no, no, I don't think it got like blown up. I think I, I the only know. way I, his I, body I actually... could have just like disappeared is the fact that like we don't really know what happens when someone who has created that many horcruxes right. does get defeated. It, yeah. it very, very well be like his body couldn't take it and was like i'm done like i'm out no we like, do know though because when harry kills him in deathly hollows his body's just there just like yeah, but all, his horcruxes are, all his horcruxes are gone yeah okay. no it's I like in point. the end the only reason of voldemort tom riddle dies and is an actual human body laying on the floor well human in quotes because he's not really a human right he's laying on the floor is because all his horcruxes had been defeated at that point so yeah. so we don't know yeah, I mean, the, the, the easy explanation is the books talk about several times how he's ventured into an area of magic that has never been wandered into before. And right. we can't really predict what's going to happen because it's never been done. So mm-hmm. we, we are discovering as we go. Uh, you know, does does the killing of the body when you have that many horcruxes or any horcruxes for that matter, do we know what happens even if you only have one? I mean, we don't. 
So Mm-mm. does does the death of a body when you have a horcrux mean that the body is given into magic and disappears or whatever the fuck? I don't know. I mean, we because don't know Because the body is like pretty the insignificant. Yeah, it's pretty insignificant at that point. I mean, that's the reason why he latches on to, I think, rodents at one point and then serpents and then eventually quarrel. He doesn't really care. Well, right. also, we know that his appearance was altered every time that he did perform one of these right. Horcrux things, you know, like eventually it, it would make sense. It would check out that like if it got back to him, there's not much of a body left anyways, that it's right. like a real body that it was just like, all right, it was mostly magic at that point. Right. So, I mean, honestly, just for that reasoning, because he had pushed the boundaries of that magic so far that no one else had ever done that. He pushed them so far. I could honestly see the body just being like peace like i'm done like, I, I agree I, I feel like that's the explanation that leaves the least holes as well mm-hmm. it, it leaves the least to be desired uh yeah. it kind of cro- checks all the boxes now is this what i would necessarily want and i mean I, i'm the type of person that i i want to know right like yeah. i need mm-hmm. i need that right. info i need to know what the fuck happened and what is going on so i don't know i mean do i personally like that i don't know it just seems a little easy a little convenient but mm-hmm. no, does it make sense? Agree. Does it fit? I, I, I mean, I, I think it does, you know, I, and I think it's enough of, of an explanation that people who care deeply about this stuff would, it, I guess what I'm saying is, is if JK Rowling came out and said, Hey, this is, this is how it worked. People would go, okay. All right. I, I get it. I can see that. And, and I don't think anybody would necessarily bat an eye. It just seems a little easy. I mean, yeah. I mean, because magic, right? Like because magic. Because magic. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I guess like we, I think we've done a good job of trying to flesh it out a little bit and I like where we've landed on it. The one like outstanding thing for me that kind of bothers me and that I just kind of like have thought of while we've been talking is why specifically Pettigrew waited until Prisoner of Azkaban, like in the time that he did to return to Voldemort if he had his wand the entire time. Cause I think one of the theories is that he went to the house and picked it up and then went to Voldemort, like yeah. right at Goblet of Fire's start time or whatever. So for me, it just doesn't make any sense that he would have, you know, kind of bid his time for that long. Do we know how Pettigrew knows where Voldemort is? No. You have no clue. I think I mean, the I, reasoning I, was I think that he there heard were it like, from other rats or something. Yeah, he like heard rats. it from right. other rats because right. Voldemort had been putting his soul into rodents and they'd been talking about it and then into snakes then okay so i i do okay i i want to get a chance to ask this question and i this this may this may invoke a little bit more conversation but because i i've just started thinking about this since we started talking about all this so voldemort dies right or so voldemort's body dies and he creates an accidental horcrux, which I have a hard time believing. I have a hard time calling Harry a horcrux, although that is what it is in the books, because a horcrux is intentional and there's like complicated magic that's involved with it. But either way, he's right. inadvertently a horcrux. Right. A whoopsie daisy. And the, the part of the soul that is in Voldemort's body is still alive. Mm-hmm. So I am curious, this is some philosophy shit right here. What is the point of even creating a Horcrux? You mean as the- Or what do you mean? I should say, what is the point of even creating multiple Horcruxes? 
because you so you create one horcrux and that's what tethers your soul to 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 earth right to well he wanted more presence. assurance than just one and he right, always but, had but, a I think he honestly with the did seven because so, okay, he sorry, wanted to have a pissing contest was literally the entire wizarding world so that okay that does fit the character i guess i guess is like logically we we have seen through through this series that you don't actually have to use the horcrux in order to have a body again yeah they he Mm-mm. he has a body they didn't use one of his horcruxes no so what is didn't. the point of having those horcruxes other than keeping one part of your soul grounded because that because that, that is the point as far as i yeah. can understand it i mean so, honestly so- zach like this is such a good point because during this last reread that we did when i was like really kind of thinking about it to myself during um half-blood prince right i was like why doesn't he just have one horcrux that he hides very very well and then he succeeds and then he still looks like a human and he's still in case he dies you know he could use that horcrux or whatever to come back or however it works because i'm still confused as hell on that so yeah so his souls remained intact and he just embodied there's a whole theory on that whole thing we that's that's a whole different episode but he embodied whatever the little fetus thing is that Pettigrew tosses into the cauldron. Maybe I mean, that, Voldemort. The, right. That is, that is a physical being. So his, the soul that died that was in his physical body when he tried to kill Harry is the soul that is in that fetus, right? Cause they didn't, they didn't utilize another Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like one, how did he get that physical body? Mm-hmm. Which again is a whole nother episode. Uh, but Two, like, you could just rinse, wash, repeat that one process, whatever the fuck that process is. It, yeah. It's a spell that brought him back and, and gave him a, a, a man's body rather than a fetus body. Like it, it, potion, it, you know, yeah. uh, right, exactly. A potion, right? It was a type Both of, of it. Yeah. I, to what you all are saying about just having one, I think we learned in Half-Blood Prince how obsessed he was with, like, yeah. magical philosophy, if you will, yes. like, yeah. number no, seven. True. We know that he just put the Hogwarts founders and their power and their prestige and everything like that was very important to him. So I think it wasn't just about making horcruxes. It was about collecting relics of the founders and making Mm -hmm. those a part of him. Great point. Um, And I also think he wanted to push the boundary. He want, we, we know he wants to go further than any wizard has ever gone before because that's important to him to know that he's done more than anybody else. Sounds like Um, overcompensation. I mean, That's our guy right there. I mean, <laughs> I don't think we had to even talk about horcruxes to know that he's overcompensating. Yeah. <laughs> it's the size of his nose that he's trying to overcompensate. Right. <laughs> he's definitely not a shower. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think honestly, just <laughs> I can't even make a point. <laughs> that was good. That was good. It was good. <laughs> I, I feel like we could just sit here and beat a dead horse. Yeah, yeah, this is way too point. fun. It's been <laughs> great though. It has. I we've had so much come up during this. Like like Zach said, there's not many times I get even with this podcast where we talk about so many random things. There's really not that many chances I get to really critically think about something that has so many holes in it that could go so many different ways. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, yeah I, mean, I feel like there has to be a part two of this conversation because I still have like 
more. Right. Still I mean, hey, we could talk about how he has a little fetus body if we want to do that on another episode at some point. <laughs> Good. And yeah. I'm sure some of our listeners will have thoughts too. I really want to hear them because mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I think that's kind of the beauty of the series though, is where these holes pop up, the fandom comes and they try to fill them as fast mm-hmm. as they can. And they go in so many different directions and and we could all yeah. just be missing something. Like we could, we could completely are, be overlooking something here. You we know? are not the Bible when it comes to Harry Potter. So I'm. I don't know, man. I feel like we're the undisputed, Sam. <laughs> now this is law. What we we're saying everything. here is law. Yeah, but somebody else may have a really good take, and we'd love to hear <clears> it. But I think before we sign off, we need to do a little round of a little trivia. Round of trivia. Yes, and we before we do that, I'm gonna fill my drink up real quick and plug my computer in because it will die. All right. The audacity. Oh, this I'm also going to top off my. What uh, what bur- did you use? Um, I used Knob Creek 12 year cast strength. There have you, you go. Ever had it? I have not. No, I have heard of it though. What did you go with? Well, so I did a. I would never buy this bourbon for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, I did. I did because once. It's cheap or because it's expensive? No, because it's. Well, one, because it's a bitch to get it. The price okay. is reasonable, but I, so I have bought it for myself once fell in love with it. And I was like, okay, I've tried it. I've had it. Like I'd rather just buy, you know, average, like middle grade bourbon. Uh, but I got Blanton's okay. and, uh, is, Blanton's is up there on the proof category. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's so good. Yeah. And, um, I did a, so I do photography. I did a, a maternity shoot for my cousin. And uh, he gave me a bottle of Blanton's because he's amazing. Oh, wait. Blanton's is like the small round with the little like horse. Yeah, with the statue on the top. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's It's been a minute since I've had Blanton's. I was thinking Booker's when I said the proof thing, but Blanton's is still really solid. You should try. It's, I think, AD Laws. Hmm. Uh, It's a bourbon. It's distilled in Colorado. It's a four grain it's from Colorado. It's not a bourbon, but I'll try. Well, it. okay, right. They 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 call it a bourbon. Uh, seriously, it's it it's maybe one of my favorites. And the price for how good it is is, I mean, I think it's like a sixty dollar bottle. It's like mm-hmm. incredibly good. It's so okay. tasty. You have to send so, me a link or something. And I'll yeah, check it out. yeah, I will. I'll, I'll show you one. All right, cool. I'm good to go. Also, I got my dog. You got Wait, your one? really? Oh my God. When, when is the little baby going to arrive? They were born on the first. So he's still real fresh and clean. Little Stanley. Stanley. Is that his name? Stanley. How cute. That's exciting. Is his last name going to be Yelnats? No, Stanley Hudson <laughs> from oh. the office. <laughs> nice. But it okay. should be. because I, I like the holes reference. Yeah. I yeah. love holes too. So maybe it should be that. But. Yeah. Like holes in the Harry Potter story. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, <laughs> oh no, there it is. <laughs> That's fired. <laughs> okay. No, right, you have to right. have humility about the things you love, right? I mean, honestly, like, like having this podcast has had me look at this series so much more critically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. while it is beautiful and makes me super nostalgic, oh, yeah. there is something about, you know, holding things accountable to what they are. And you can't, even though you love something so much, you can't look at it and be like, well, this is perfect because like, that's just unrealistic. And right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be special it. if it was perfect. Yeah. At all. No, I, I think, and, and it wouldn't, 
it wouldn't give so many people the opportunity to have good conversations like this if it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the first time you read it for us as children, we weren't thinking about, oh, there's no gay character specifically stated. Oh, there's not enough diversity. Oh, there's right. plot holes. You know, like we're not thinking about those things. And it's good to come back and acknowledge those just as being like capable and aware. Human right. Adults. Right. 100%. Right. Anyways. All right, Zach, are you ready? So the way this. Yeah. Works, how are we doing this? If we if, will ask you five questions. If you get the answer correct, we drink. If you get the answer wrong, you drink. Pretty oh, simple. well, shit. Okay, well, I just slurped the last of my drink. Give me one second. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. So, Zach, I don't know what our, because, I mean, you're pretty well-versed in Harry Potter knowledge, so these are probably going to be really easy for you, and you may not have even had to go freshen up your drink. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. What was the name of... The pygmy puff that Ginny got from Weasley's Wizard Weezes. Uh, that is, dude. You want to know something f- fucking ridiculous? Oh, I, I okay. So, uh, I have a I have a TikTok as most people have, and I don't really post on it much. But I did a Harry Potter trivia on my TikTok, and that's one of the fucking questions I asked on it. And now I can't remember. Hold on, wait, wait. wait. Emily, I, I, go I, follow him. No, 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 no. That's not a plug. Because I really don't post much on it. <laughs> Five. Oh, fucking shit. Three. I don't remember. I don't know. Ah, it's, I know it's really? a normal name. It's like a normal ass name. It's, it's Arnold. Arnold, right. God fucking damn it. All right. <laughs> oh, that one's hard. Hold the phone. We're not going to do that one. because I don't. No, let's one. do it. Let's do it. I, I mean, hey, I, I need to finish this mango Rita, so. All right. If you, uh, you're asking for it. Yeah, if dude, you know it's this, all good. I'm literally gonna die. Okay. In Order okay. of the Phoenix, actually, you did just read Order of the Phoenix, so maybe you do know. Okay. In Order of the Phoenix, what three things are scattered on the floor of the night bus when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are heading back to Hogwarts? I will give you a multiple choice. Okay. Unless you think you know. I don't, but give okay. me a multiple choice. I don't. All right. No, yeah, no. Give me a multiple choice. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what I can do. All right. A. Eggshells, bat wings, and digestive biscuits. B is cat hair, feathers, and cat litter. C is frog spawn, cockroaches, and custard creams. And D is beetle dung, dead wasps, and bourbon biscuits. D. No, it's actually it frog spawn, cockroaches, and custard Fucking creams. Fucking shit. All right, fine. Ha <laughs> That one was hard, though. I, I feel like in my first, in my first episode of our show, and I've gotten a lot of people hit me up and be like, "Yeah, okay, well, I want to do trivia against you." Uh, I said something to the extent of like being undefeated amongst like my friends in Harry Potter trivia. So mm-hmm. uh, this is this is you guys showing this is me humbling you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, let's, let's do it. <laughs> uh, all right, next question: What are the names of Severus Snape's parents? And if you need multiple choice, I can give you multiple choice. Uh, so I know that, uh, his mom is, I think it's Elaine, Elaine Prince. Mm-hmm. Eileen, and, Elaine, whatever. Okay. Yeah. And I don't remember his dad's name. Let's see. Hold on. Let's see what I can do. Yeah. Hit me with some multiple choice, please. All right. Thomas, Theodore, Tobias. It's Tobias. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Tobias. Yeah. Right. Okay, I, I gotta ask. I always Hold think on. of Crookshanks now when I hear that noise. Hell yeah, dude. Well, and 
Oh, well, you have, well, I guess we're a week out from that episode. Uh, next question. What was the code name that Fred was mistakenly called on Potter Watch? He was called, um, mistakenly called, not his actual Potter Watch name. Ah, uh, fuck. It's not Rapier. Yeah, hit me with a multiple choice. Rattlesnake, Rodent, Rabbit, or Rapier, which we said is not. It's, it's so. not Rapier, it's Rodent. Yes, it is Rodent. Okay. Would you guys right. know these, by the way, without multiple choice? Yeah. Um, I didn't know the I night bus. Yeah, I wouldn't know the night oh, bus sure. one. But I've known the others. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Fine last one. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's because you're an actual Ravenclaw, and I'm a fucking, apparently, a make believe Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, last one. How many exceptions are there to Gamp's elemental law? Three. There's actually five. Fuck me, dude. All right. <laughs> Cheers. I didn't know up. that one. I didn't know fair. that one either. I just, I remember uh, Ron talking about it in uh, Deathly Hallows and Hermione getting a fucking lady boner because he knew something that she said. He, he, I think he, he says like, Hermione told us about yada, yada, yada. And she gets like super hyped about it or something like that. She's like, you actually listened to me. What? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. The burr, 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 that thing talking about Crookshanks and me getting excited. Uh, so I don't know, I, I don't know what your turnaround time is, like when this episode will go up. But we'll go up this week. This week, okay. So, so we have an, So today is Sunday. So we have a new episode coming out tomorrow. The episode that comes out the following Monday, which uh, the nineteenth, mm-hmm. is the episode where we talk about everything at the uh, ministry at the end of Order of the Phoenix. It is so hype, and uh, we definitely get some air horn sounds for Dumbledore <laughs> when Dumbledore shows oh, up. Oh yeah, and I bet. Scott oh, yeah. is so hype. So oh, yeah. sorry for spoilers if any of your no, listeners I'm so excited. Us. I'm hyped for it, dude. I mean, Dumbledore gets in there and just fucks shit up. And oh my god, easy. it's what it's Scott shit has wanted. wanted. Also protecting everybody else while it's, he's it's incredible. Shit it's up. what yeah. Scott has wanted literally the whole time. I'm like it is. listening to him. I'm like, just wait, honey. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You're yeah. going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think I feel like an episode or two ago, he even said, like, what I just want is I want to see these fuckers from the order, the fuckers from the, the Death Eaters, or as he calls them, the Dieters. Mm-hmm. Um, Which there's a guy yeah. that I work with whose last name is Dieters. And now I'm like, ha, Dieters. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I, and, and I kept having to be like, just wait and then of course i say that and then he rolls his eyes because he's like that's all you ever fucking say and i'm like yeah all right dude i'm sorry <laughs> but no. you should know by now that these books take a long time of exposition yep. until it's <sighs> you finally finally get what you want um but no i'm super excited to keep listening i'm really you know like i said before a fan of you all so you know all of our listeners make sure that you follow them and listen to them we don't want to pod on instagram and it's we don't want a podcast um or just we don't want to but it's podcast it's, yeah we don't want yeah. a pod yeah we yeah. don't want a pod uh, on instagram and on twitter and then just mm-hmm. we don't want to on whatever iTunes, podcast Spotify, yeah, iTunes, yeah that shit so that's them you can listen to us however you're listening now obviously yep. also in a direct download link that we post each week with the episode 
And you can find us at HP Half Drunk on Instagram and Twitter and Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast on Facebook. You can also find all of our Drink of the Week recipes, our episodes, and our link to our merch at hphalfdrunk.com. Yeah, thank you so much, Zach, for coming on. This was really yes. fun. Thank yeah, you. And This was killer. I honestly <laughs> am excited to see where your podcast goes when you're mm-hmm. done with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that has been a hot topic of discussion. There, there's a lot of things in the works that we're that we're working on. We're we're working on another anime series. Um, I don't know when, so I don't. I, I won't say what series we're doing. But I do have uh, a cousin actually who uh, does voice work, and he uh, does voice work for a very popular anime that neither Scott or I have ever seen. And so hmm. he will probably be joining us on a few of those episodes once we get to that. So that'll be very exciting. How awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be sweet. Uh, But then we also might just do something that neither Scott or I have seen. Mm -hmm. And uh, like other than, other than the, cause we want to always do something anime cause we both love anime, but we, we might do something a little different rather than it being an argument between us. We'll both go through something that we've never experienced. So uh, and I a think that's a testament to you guys because that's just a really awesome concept that you can just keep coming up with content, you know? Yeah, that's, exactly. That was really smart. So kudos, yeah. hats off. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's been super fun. Guys, thank you so much for for having me. This was a blast and uh, I got to have conversation that I have not ever had before with other Harry Potter fans. And I know a lot of them and this is good stuff. So uh, it, it was it was awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Cheers. Mischief managed. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. That was a ton of fun. Very, very, very glad uh, that I got a chance to do that. And I'm glad I got a chance to put it up here for y'all to listen to. I know it's a different, uh, a little bit different pace as we usually avoid spoilers, obviously, with our format. So it'll probably be nice if you're a big Harry Potter fan like myself, you know, to kind of get to talk lore, talk deep stuff that I don't usually get to talk about. So thanks for hanging out. And again, guys, go hit up Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. Sam and Emily are fantastic. And if you're even kind of a little bit a Harry Potter fan, there's no reason you should not be listening to this show. So go do that. Thank you guys again, and we'll catch you next time.